You're listening to Simplifying Investing with Diana Messina. This podcast is general in nature and hasn't taken your circumstances into account. It's important you consider your personal circumstances and speak to a financial advisor before deciding what's right for you. Any general tax information provided is provided as a guide only. Now, here's Diana. Hello and welcome to Simplifying Investing with Diana Messina. And Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Welcome back. Today, I wanted to talk about household wealth in Australia and its impacts on the consumer. The topic came about because I saw some interesting data from the OECD towards the end of last year that showed Australia having one of the lowest rates of annual real household disposable income growth per person compared to its OECD peers. Over the year to June, Australia's real per capita household disposable income fell by 5.1%. Across the OECD countries, income rose by about 2.6%. That's quite a large difference. Now, this occurred in Australia despite actually very healthy labour market conditions with strong employment growth, a low unemployment rate and low underemployment as well. But despite that positive income and earnings backdrop, the income tax burden actually increased in 2023 for Australian households because a lot more households moved into higher income tax brackets as a result of bracket creep. And there was also the end of some income tax concessions. Mortgage interest repayments also became an increasing drag on incomes as a cash rate was hiked by 425 basis points since the beginning of the hiking cycle in May of 2022. Our per capita growth in household disposable income also looked quite weak and was masked by very high rates of population growth in 2023, whereas a lot of other OECD countries don't run such high levels of population growth. But when I looked at this data, I didn't really think that it was a completely accurate picture of the household sector overall, because the income story only really tells you one part of the household story. In countries like Australia, where home ownership rates are very high, you really need to look at household wealth as well and the balance sheet position of households. In Australia, about 66% of households own their own home with or without a mortgage. So let's have a look at household wealth and how it's been tracking in Australia. The ABS looks at household assets, liabilities, and their Therefore, makes a calculation for wealth. Net worth or net wealth is calculated as a household's total assets minus its liabilities. Total wealth in Australia is close to 11 times the size of household disposable income or 1,083%. The data up until June of 2023 showed a slight fall in household wealth as a share of income after it reached a record high in 2022. If you compare wealth to household debt, you'll actually see that household debt is worth 187% of income. That's much lower than a household's total wealth position. And household debt is often seen as one of the big red flags for the Australian economy. Around 70% of Australian household wealth is tied to the value of the home and that's made up of both the land and the dwelling and household wealth actually tends to move very closely in line to the same cycles as home prices so the fact that we saw home prices increase in 2023 was positive for household wealth the other components of wealth are assets including superannuation shares and currency and deposits while loans are mostly those housing mortgages that households have so how does wealth in Australia compare to other comparable countries, especially those in the OECD. Well, we can actually see that Australian balance sheets are in pretty good shape compared to our OECD peers and does tell a different story to that income account. Australian household wealth is up towards the top end of the OECD peers along with Canada and Japan and surpasses places like the UK and the US. 
High holdings of household wealth could be considered a source of support for consumers in Australia, especially when you compare them against record levels of debt in Australia. That's a concept known as the wealth effect. When household wealth increases, households feel more secure with their financial position, they tend to save less and lift spending. When wealth decreases, households feel less secure. That leads to an increase in savings and a decline in spending. However, this relationship doesn't always work. Most recently in the COVID-19 pandemic, we saw household wealth rising alongside the lift in home prices but the savings ratio also surged thanks to all those government-driven stimulus payments. Since then, the household savings ratio has been falling, but growth in total consumer spending has actually been pretty low in 2023. We expect that the household savings rate will continue to fall this year as it normalizes after the pandemic, but growth in consumer spending will probably also be pretty poor. So what are the implications of all of this for the economy and for investors. Well, we know that households were dealt with a cost of living challenge in 2023 because of high inflation and rising interest rates. We do think inflation is likely to slow further this year, and we think that the RBA is actually likely to start cutting interest rates by mid-year. Now, that should ease the repayment burden for households with a mortgage, as we've already seen mortgage interest repayments as a share of income reach around a record high. So while the cost of living issues should improve this year for consumers, household wealth is still likely to come under pressure this year because we think that home prices are going to decline by around 3 to 5%. That's also likely to occur alongside a slowing in household incomes as the labour market slows and the unemployment rate increases. That environment is quite negative for consumer spending and GDP growth. So we don't think that Australian levels of high wealth holdings will be enough to offset a challenging environment for households this year. Nevertheless, we think that there will be some relief for consumers if the RBA starts to cut interest rates, and we expect that interest rate cuts will start by around the middle of this year, and that we'll see about three interest rate cuts in 2024. There's also a broader issue of wealth inequality in Australia and also across other major developed countries in the world. In Australia, the top 20% of households by income quintile own about 63% of total household wealth. But the bottom income quintile, the bottom 20%, own less than 1% of all household wealth. In Australia, there's also an increasing generational wealth gap, with wealth across older households increasing quite significantly over recent years, but that has not been the case for younger Australians. There are numerous government policies that could potentially address the issues of wealth inequality. That includes improving the housing affordability issue through lifting housing supply and looking at the favourable treatment of housing investing, but also doing quite a broad tax review. For example, looking at extending and broadening the GST and looking at the merits of a wealth or a death tax. That could also help the wealth inequality issue. That's it for today's podcast episode. Hope you've learned something new and until next time. To keep up to date with Yana's podcasts and reports, follow her on LinkedIn and your favorite streaming platform.